If you will turn in your Bibles to Genesis the 6th chapter, I want to catch one verse, verse 5 of Genesis 6. And I guess you figure out by this that I'm now out of the temple. <laughs> I have exited the temple for a while. I sure enjoyed my time when I was in there. And this, the message that I have for you today, it could be, it could, I mean, every message could be a total flop. And this message could be a total flop. And sometimes I worry about messages like this because I've been percolating on this message for quite a few months. And I'd be like, well, I think I'm ready. No, I'm not quite ready. Well, I think I'm ready. I'm not quite ready. So for whatever reason, I feel like I'm ready to preach this subject to you today. And I'm telling you in advance that it's going to have a little bit of a technical aspect to it. I'm going to give you some quotes from a writer that I've been reading. But I hope that it will help us understand what the subject is. And the title of the message is, The Medium is the Message. The Medium is the Message. And I hope to explain what that means because it's a quote that was coined by a particular writer from years ago. Let's read Genesis 6 and 5 to set this in perspective. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This morning I hope to address why the imagination of the thoughts of the hearts of men were only evil continually. And this time long, long ago that for many in the world is just a legend. It's not even real. But from the fossil record to history to all of the accounts of historical record among the different nations and societies of the world and cultures of the world, basically every culture has a flood legend. And we're not here to focus primarily on that there was a flood. But it's so obvious that history bears it out, the fossil record bears it out. It's just a matter of how you interpret the evidence. For the child of God, there can be no doubt whatsoever that a long time ago, several thousand years ago, the Lord looked upon what was going on on the earth and he said, I am going to wipe it out. And I'm going to start over with Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. We could go into all the reasons of why all of that's historically accurate, you know, scientifically accurate, so forth and so on. That's not my message today. What I want to get from this is that society had gotten to a point because of something, something going on in society or things going on in society that the, the, every imagination of the thoughts of man, it says every thought of man in general, except of course we know Noah and his family was only evil continually. What could have directed their thoughts to get to that point? Now, I know some of you are wondering, what in the world is, does the medium is the message? What does that mean? Okay, medium, the word medium, is the singular form for the word media. Medium is the singular form for the word media. Okay, media is the plural. So what is media? By definition, media is defined as mass media communication industry such as print, publishing, news media, photography, cinema, broadcasting, radio, television, internet, digital media, and advertising. And there's probably a few that are missing there. I wrote down that it's all forms of communication and the transferring of information. And you might think about popular transferring mediums of information like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, smart TVs, iPhones, Androids, and it is something, the medium or the media is what 
conveys that. Now, I don't want to lose you, okay? You understand that your television at home is just a medium. It is a device by which somebody on the other end of some signal transfers their information and it is channeled to you through that medium, which is your television or your iPhone. And listen, you ever wonder why the old TV sets, they have different channels? That goes with right what I'm talking about. To channel something, to direct something, to channel it means to direct it. And what we're talking about is you turn the channel and it gives you different information. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Now listen, when I first started thinking about this, I wanted to make sure that it was conveyed that, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that everybody needs to get rid of their iPhone or their smart TV or whatever, because I just, that's just not realistic. It's not realistic. But you do need to understand what it is. <laughs> okay. It is a medium. It is what conveys information to you. And we are living in the information age, are we not? Last week, we had a trial over in Pickens County, and a couple times the judge was instructing the jury, telling them different things, and he chuckled when he said, you know, do not consult your phone, your this, your that, or your encyclopedia. And he chuckled, you know, like nobody has encyclopedias anymore. There's a few of you that might. (laughs) But encyclopedias were popular back when I was a kid. And I was thinking, you know, the reason people don't have encyclopedias is because they've got their phone, (laughs) They can just Google it or they can just look it up on the Internet. You've got an encyclopedia access with that of information that is channeled through your phone. Some of you, God love you if you don't have a phone. Brother Furman and some others, praise God that you don't. He raised his hand. (laughs) You're blessed in some ways. I couldn't function without the use of my phone and my business and my computer and all of that type of stuff. You can't just walk across the street and file something in court anymore. you got to do it online. But understand what this is. I'm not sitting here saying, you might discover as we speak about this that you have a problem. You might discover, well, I have a problem with this. There's too much influence coming at me. There's too much directing my emotions and my thought process. So as we consider that, remember that the singular of media is medium And it just simply means a form or system of communication, a means of conveying information. But in olden times, a medium could be a person who channeled a spirit. Maybe you think about the witch of Endor in the days of King Saul. King Saul went to her to get her to channel a familiar spirit. And he said, call up Samuel. Now don't tell me how all that works and how the Lord overruled and and stepped into that situation and and allowed Samuel's spirit to appear. But it it terrified the medium, the witch. Some of you are already saying, oh, Brother Tim's going to reach the conclusion that all of this media stuff is witchcraft. Nope, nope, I'm not saying that. It could be. Some of that stuff that is conveyed, depending on what it is, it could be very damaging, depending on the content of what is conveyed through the medium. But in old days, a medium was one that claimed that they could channel a spirit and You know, if you want to fast forward that to today, you know, in one sense, your television, your iPhone, the media that you access is channeling a spirit, is channeling information. You know, you think about a horror movie, that conveys a certain type of spirit, doesn't it? (laughs) The spirit of fear, you know. And then there's Andy Griffith, old black and white Andy Griffith. It conveys a totally different kind of spirit, doesn't it? We laugh, we look at Barney and he's, you know, he's got one bullet and all that stuff. You know, that's funny stuff. So at its root, remember that the medium is something that channels a spirit to you.
And again, I'm not saying, okay, well, Brother Tim's saying, suggesting we need to go out there and just, you know, get rid of all this. And I don't, I don't think I'm a good enough speaker or convincer or preacher to do that. But if I trigger something in your mind so you'll just think about this and praise God, because I think about it all the time. Now, the guy that I want to quote to you is a fellow named Marshall McLuhan. Marshall McLuhan lived from 1911 to 1980. That's very important when you see what he predicted. And he was one of the founders of the study of media theory. And if you think about it, from early 1900s on down to today, that has been the rise of mass media. Uh, We can agree with that, right? They, They didn't have it in the past. As a matter of fact, they didn't have the printed media medium until the Gutenberg printing press, you see? That is something that was enabled the alphabet, the English language, to be spread so significantly. It's, and, you know, think about the King James Bible. Do you understand, this is a total side note, but the King James translation of the Bible shut down the evolution and the progression of the English language. That's a fact. That's a historical fact. We still diagram sentences the same way today as they did whenever the King James translation was brought into existence, was, was made. You know, in, in school today, it's still the same sentence diagrams. We may have some more words, but the English language was shut down by the widespread dissemination of the King James translation. All right? So Marshall McLuhan was a Canadian philosopher who was one of the founders of the study of media theory. And he coined the expression, the medium is the message, and he also coined the expression, the global village. He predicted the World Wide Web 30 years before it came into existence, and the World Wide Web did not come into existence until about 10 years after he died in 1980. If you say, well, that's strange, he was, that's weird to have somebody like a prophet. <laughs> it's no different than Elder Andrew Jackson Coleman in the mid-1800s, the most well-known primitive Baptist preacher in Alabama in the 1800s, in the mid-1800s, was one of the founders of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. They called him crazy when he predicted that men would be flying around in machines one day. (laughs) That was the mid-1800s. Wasn't so crazy, was it? So this guy, McLuhan, in his second published book called The Gutenberg Galaxy, which is a reference to the printing press... I want you to listen to this quote. We're going to get away from these quotes. I don't want you to get lost in these quotes and think this is a lecture or something like that. But it ties in directly as we get to our scripture about how people think today and how people thought in times past. This is a quote from that book. And he says, instead of tending towards a vast library, the world has become a computer, an electronic brain, exactly as in science fiction. And as our senses have gone outside us, Big Brother goes inside. So unless we're aware of this dynamic, we shall move into a phase of panic terrors befitting a small world of tribal drums, total interdependence, and superimposed coexistence. Terror is the normal state of this type of society, for in it, everything affects everything all the time. If I turn my phone off airplane mode, it's going to tell me something that's going on in China, just like that, or in Europe, or on the other side of the world. I mean, how does that really affect what I do from a day-to-day basis. Most of the time, the medium, the media, is conveying something that terrifies, okay? Now, I want you to think about this in the last couple years. You know, I think back to whenever, basically, the United States shut down for a couple weeks, which, this is just my opinion now, but it was way too soon to shut everything down. <laughs> you know, I didn't. nobody knew anybody that was sick. You know, you think about the last few weeks, I had hardly met somebody that didn't have a family that had some kind of virus or sickness, okay? 
coronavirus, whatever, whatever variant it may be. So, you know, you remember back in, was it early 2020, February, March, and everything shut down. And, you know, we maybe have, you know, just a, a handful of cases in Alabama. Why did everything shut down? Because they were terrified that it's going to come. It's going to come. Well, I'm no prophet, but I, I was like, well, even shutting down is not going to prevent it from coming. And then I was talking to one of our church members months and months later in the fall when everything was really ramping up and the numbers were going up. I was like, this is when we ought to shut down. <laughs> This is when we ought to step back and everybody just kind of stay away from each other for seven days or something like that, you know. Why did everything shut down? It's, it's because of the global village. You see, oh gosh, this is going on over here on the West Coast. So we right here, you know, 2,000 miles away have got to shut this thing down. Now look, you could say, well, that was appropriate, it was inappropriate. That's not my point. My point is the effect of the medium. You understand? Something all the way on the other side of the world affects us right here, right now. We take action as a government and boom, you know, everything shuts down because we're living in a global village. He goes on to say in the early 1960s, he wrote that the visual individualistic print culture, that's like books and stuff, would be brought to an end by what he called electronic interdependence. When electronic media replaces visual culture. In this new age, humankind will move from individualism to a collective identity with a tribal base. And this is the coinage for the new social organization known as the Global Village. Now I want you to think about this. Print is the highest form of expression of the alphabet, right? You know, you got the alphabet, A through Z. And then you got all these books that come into play that are put into print where the alphabet comes before you in an organized fashion and you got books like that I enjoy to read, you know, like the Brothers Karamazov or, you know, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien. The printing press and the collection of the alphabet in book form, it's the highest expression that you could get of the English language, of print. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. So take it one step further. What is electronic media? I believe that it's the highest expression of what's going on in the mind. I've told you before, my Peter Jackson story that forever I read it growing up had brother Chris tell it to me even before I read it but forever in my mind I visualize Gandalf and Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn all those guys that I visualized in my mind that I thought they looked like this they looked like that they had a beard they didn't have a beard you know they had pointy ears like an elf you know all that stuff that I visualized in my mind growing up no more because somebody took what they had in their mind from the printed form and expressed it in a way now everybody thinks that's what they look like. And, you know, ask Tolkien, if you could ask him, you know, is this what you envisioned it to look like? He might be like, uh-uh, that's terrible. <laughs> you see, does that make sense? So the media imposes upon you the mind of someone and it sticks in your mind and you have a visual idea of this is what it looks like. McLuhan goes on to say that the next medium that comes after print, that comes after books, the next medium, whatever it is, it may be the extension of consciousness, will include television as its content and will transform television into an art form. A computer as a research and communication instrument could do away with mass library organization. Retrieve the individual's encyclopedic function and flip it into a private line to speedily tailored data of a saleable kind. This is what he predicted right here. This. That it would all come down to this little medium right here and you could get anything that you want, good or bad, on that little medium. Now he didn't call it an iPhone, he didn't call it an Android. He didn't call it, you know, iPad or whatever those things are, tablet. But that's what he predicted. That the next form of communication like that would be elevated into something like he just described. His insight tells us that 
It's not just the content that comes to you. It is the conveyor of the content, the medium. I hope that makes sense. I'm trying to make it make sense. That phone is a medium. It is something that conveys to me something that somebody says. And it affects me. See? I get an email from a lawyer on a case and they say, blah, blah, blah. And I'm all of a sudden upset or I'm happy. You know, it's a medium that conveys information and it affects me whether you like it or not. Just to make it make sense. Listen to me. A lamp is a medium. A lamp is a medium that conveys light. Okay, so you think about the old single bulbs that used to hang in the house. And like my dad would say, you know, we didn't have a light bulb until I was 15 or whatever years old. They pull the little string and boom, light comes in there. Okay, that's a medium. It channels light so you can see. Hope that makes sense. But there's a big difference between a little single bulb like sits in these lights here. There's a big difference between that kind of medium that conveys light and a lava lamp. Have you ever sat like I have and just looked at a lava lamp? Ooh. I mean, it's mesmerizing. It conveys a different kind of light. Are y'all with me? So it's the medium. See? Somebody says, I want a 55-inch TV, which is what I have. So I'm not knocking you folks a 55-inch TV. Well, then you go to Best Buy, and they got a 70-inch TV. I'm thinking, man, yeah, that's a better medium by which I can have this information conveyed to me. See? I asked my children, hey, guys, let's sit down and let's watch an old black and white movie. And they were like, uh, we'd rather see color. So would I. But there's some good old black and white movies. Now, let's get to Bible. It's enough of the non-Bible references, but I think it makes the point. The Lord looked upon the children of men and said, these guys are only thinking evil thoughts. Why? Well, I refer you to the sermon I preached a few years ago where we talked about pre-flood man and all of the innovations and all of the influence that pre-flood man had. But I want you to look to something a little closer in time. Jeremiah, the seventh chapter, to something other than the pre-flood world. This is the modern world past the flood. Look at Jeremiah, the seventh chapter. And the language of the Bible when it comes to the shaping influences of media is this. It's the imagination of the hearts of men, the thoughts of the hearts of men and women and children. So consider the imagination of the hearts of men here as we read this and also consider the imaginations or the thoughts of God. When, when we say imagination, we're not just talking about, oh, he's got a great imagination. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that which a man or a woman or a child ponders on and decides to do as a result of what's in their mind and what has prompted their thinking. Okay, so let's read Jeremiah 7 and verse 30. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded not, neither came it into my heart. Do you catch that? Here is a situation where God is just stunned. Literally, by what the people were doing. Does it mean God didn't know? Of course He knows. But God makes the point to tell His people in Judah. He says, I never commanded you to do this. And I never even, it never even came into my heart to do that. That's confusing in one sense because you think, well, God knows everything. But here He makes it clear that this is something that never came into His heart or His mind. We'll read that in just a minute. So the heart of God towards his people was never for them for them to abort their children. That's what they were doing. They were casting their children into the fire. Now, here's the point. We, we've heard this verse before, but I want you to think about this. What brought them to that point? 
Can you imagine what was going on and what was coming at them? How they were worshiping, how they were acting, what they were listening to, what the mediums were conveying to them in culture to bring them to a point to where they thought it was okay. And by the way, abortion's horrible. I hate to say this is even more horrible because it's all horrible. But in this circumstance, this was not a pre-birth murder. I want you to understand that. This was a post-birth murder where they would bring their children, you know, little toddlers, little fellas about the age of Link back there. Can you imagine what would bring a society to the point to where a mother would take a beautiful child as that and go into the temple of the false god Tophet where there was a statue made of brass or of gold and mostly of brass and underneath that statue was a fire heated and there was a big cauldron or a big vat area of burning fire that underneath Tophet and Tophet stood slightly leaned forward with his arms outstretched like, oh, I'm going to hold you. I'm going to take care of you. And while the priests beat the drum, Tophet means a drum, by the way. And while the priests beat the drums over and over, the loud beat of the music, the loud beat was going on, the boom, 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 like you hear at the gas station. <laughs> Can I be any more specific? The loud beat of the music is going on all the while the mother and the dad bring their little toddler in there and walk up to the idol, the false god, and lay that precious little child in the heated up arms of Tophet. So when they put the child in the hands of Tophet, it would wriggle and writhe because it was in pain from the heat and roll off into the fire. That's very disturbing, is it not? What would lead a society, a culture, to embrace such abomination and atrocities? What would lead a society such as ours to embrace the murder and the silent scream of the babies in the womb who have no voice other than what God hears? To kill them? What would lead a society to think in the name of a woman's right that the murder of a child would be appropriate? The reason I emphasize that to you is not to get on some political bent. This is the furthest thing from politics. This is about life and death and what leads societies to such terrible conditions. I tell you, there's some kind of medium, some kind of spirit being channeled to the people in Judah when God says, I never even commanded this. It never came into my heart. And in Jeremiah, later in Jeremiah, he repeats the same thing. and says, it never came into my mind. You see, the heart of God is for life and for the life of his children and for life in general. Again, the purpose of using this verse is for you to think about this. They didn't just wake up one day and said, hey, I think we'll go take our little infants in there and put them in the hands of this heated false God's arms and, and kill them. You don't just wake up one day. If they, I'll do that. Listen, you don't just wake up one day and say, oh, you know, I, I think I'll become a homosexual. I think I'll pursue an alternate lifestyle. You don't just wake up one day and think that. It's because a spirit or information is being channeled from somewhere to direct what that culture does. Are y'all with me? I know you see what I'm talking about. And I know you are as concerned as I am about the medium being the message. So here's what it means. The medium is the message. Instead of the message being the message that is conveyed through the medium, it's actually the way that the medium is drawn up. You know, a 70-inch TV as opposed to a 55-inch TV, an Android or an iPhone, you know, the size of the screen, bigger or smaller. <laughs> I've got an iPhone, you know. 
Mine's better than yours. <laughs> this is the medium. And the medium is actually the message. Let's, let's put it in a little bit more perspective. Fox News, CNN News, MSNBC. You know, think about how they dress the medium up and they present to you whatever it is that they say. Now, they got the message coming at you. You know, there's a conservative message. There might be a liberal message or whatever. But, you know, if Fox News or CNN all of a sudden turn black and white, you know, it was no more color. You know, people would drop that like a rock. They don't want to just see black and white. They want to see color. The medium is the message. How they dress it up and present it to you. If they pr present it to you in a conservative way, they present it to you in a liberal way, if they present it to you somewhere in between. You see, the actual medium is the message. So it's not just about, I'll get the information that I need. It's about what will channel to me the information that I need or want. I hope that makes sense. I've told you before, I, it was so disturbing to me when I began to get my weekly screen reports. It was so disturbing. First of all, I thought about just throwing it away. I spent that many hours on my phone. And then I begin to think about the details of it. You know, maybe my phone's on at times and running when I'm not even using it. You know, so that's the case. But you can also go into your phone and you can look and see how much time you're spending on the different apps. You know, social media, internet, you know, whatever. And the first one I usually go to is my Bible app. <laughs> and I look at it and I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm really low my Bible study, because I'm spending 32 seconds on my Bible study app, but, you know, over here on Fortnite, I spent 12 or 13 or 27 hours in a day. <laughs> I don't play Fortnite. I'm just kidding. I'm just picking on it, because I saw some of the younger guys go, huh? <laughs> they were all asleep till I said, Fortnite, what? <laughs> you know I love you. You know I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but you know it's true. <laughs> so what are we spending our time? What channel, what medium is conveying to us the message? Now, these people in the days of Judah were killing their children. They were murdering their beautiful little babies. It's because something had shaped them and brought them to that point. Listen, I don't know all of the details of how they got there, but I will tell you this. In history, this is why, again, I come back to the woke culture. You can't let the woke culture take you away from the importance of history. In history, the great societies, the great Cultures, the great nations have been shaped by their religion. You know, America was shaped by Christianity. Wouldn't be here if it weren't for Christianity and other shaping influences. The Roman culture was shaped by their religion. Look back to the Babylonian culture. They were shaped by their religion, by how they worshipped, you know, false gods. So these guys are coming to worship to kill their children. They have been shaped by the medium of worship in their society. And remember, this is Judah. This is the nation of Judah, God's nation. How could God's nation of Judah that had the worship of God, the law of God, all these different things, how could they go this far and get that far away from the truth? Well, brothers and sisters, just look around you. You know, last time I checked, you know, the, the primitive Baptist church was not busting at the seams, you know, with, with new members and so forth. We've been blessed around here for sure. But you know, in terms of the scale of, of who's joining and how, ones that are growing, as a matter of fact, I think you'll find that Christianity in general is declining in the world, not just primitive Baptist. What is shaping us? What's the medium that shapes us? Okay, think about this. Germany, before... World War II. I mean, you could say Germany before World War I, but, you know, Germany before World War II when Hitler comes to power. It's a fact, it's a historical fact that one of the techniques that Hitler used was propaganda. You know, he consistently said, the Jews are bad, they're against you, they're trying to swindle you. 
that was propaganda. He dehumanized a section of their society. And he put it on print, and he put it on the radio. Another thing that Hitler did, he was a totalitarian dictator. Eventually, he became in total control, like a king, like an emperor in his little country. And so one of the things that Hitler did is he had band music, marching band music, playing on the radios. You know, there, there was probably only a few channels, and he was in charge of them. So he had marching band music playing on the radios, like a military band, like a military would march to in a parade. He would not let anything else, basically, other than the marching band music play. So it's constantly before the people. The medium was conveying this marching band music. And so when you look at the old documentaries, you hear the band playing, you see them marching down there. It's impressive. You know, the, the Nazis, they were impressive in terms of how they presented themselves. They were wicked to the core. But, you know, every person in the nation of Germany was not a wicked person. There were children of God in the nation of Germany in those days. Men like we've talked about before. Men that I've mentioned to you, preachers and different people. It's not like everybody was hell bound. How in the world were those people deceived to the extent that the controlling party murdered Close to 7 million or more than 7 million Jews. That's astonishing. They basically murdered a small nation. Can you imagine that? You know how they did it? They controlled the medium. They controlled what the people heard. And they controlled the propaganda that went to the people. Information. They told the people what they wanted them to know. And the narrative was controlled by the medium or the media. Think about it. (laughs) Sister Paige, this is the Statler brothers now. It's not the Bellamy brothers. The Statler brothers. So I'm fixing to give you some quotes from those great prophets from the 60s and 70s and 80s and on into the 90s. The great prophets, the Statler brothers. And this ties in directly to Hollywood. It's one of my favorite Statler brothers songs. Listen. And some of you are going to go, who's he talking about? There's a few people on here that I don't even know who they're talking about. Never seen a movie. Everybody knows when you go to the show, you can't take the kids along. You've got to read the paper and know the code of GPG and R and X. You got to know what the movie's about before you even go. Tex Ritter's gone and Disney's dead and the screen is filled with sex. Whatever happened to Randolph Scott riding the range alone? Whatever happened to Gene and Tex and Roy and Rex, the Durango kid? Weren't they prophets? Aren't they amazing? Whatever happened to Randolph Scott, his horse, plain as can be? Whatever happened to Randolph Scott has happened to the best of me. Everybody's trying to make a comment about our doubts and fears. True Grit's the only movie I've really understood in years. But side note, don't go watch it. There's some cussing in it. (laughs) Even that movie. You got to take your analyst along to see if it's fit to see. Whatever happened to Randolph Scott has happened to the best of me. Whatever happened to Johnny Mac Brown and Alan Rocky Lane? Whatever happened to Lash LaRue? I'd love to see them again. Whatever happened to Smiley Burnett, Tim Holt, and Gene Autry? Whatever happened to all of these has happened to the best of me. They were prophets, weren't they? (laughs) How did Hollywood go from the pure hero of the old west you know like gene autry who was a christian man and kids would line up and go see gene autry in the afternoon saturday afternoon matinees kids would be lined up and they wanted their little pistols just like gene autry and this man was a good man look at hollywood today it has fallen into the depths of horrible depravity and i'm gonna call some names here some of you gonna be like "Ooh, i wish i hadn't watched that or maybe i need to second think that you think about Directors like Quentin Tarantino, who thrive on bloodlust and putrid horrors. How did Hollywood go from something that could be an incredible influence, like the Ten Commandments made in the days of, you know, when Charlton Heston, from a movie like that to the things that you see that are out there today? Clearly, 
those that are behind the message that is coming through the medium or the media have a different view on life, right? Think about it. Hollywood could have been an incredible, incredible influence for the kingdom of God. The medium could be something so amazing that would help and encourage people. Think about the power of Hollywood and the power of the medium. And the next time some of you go to watch a Quentin Tarantino movie or something with that, the horrors and the spirit of horror and the spirit of bloodlust, maybe you'll think of my ugly face. And you'll think, oh, you know, Brother Tim said this, you know. I don't say it because I'm upset or angry or anything like that. I'm telling you that if those kind of things are directing our thoughts and our minds, it's no wonder that we've wound up as a society that we are today. But child of God, there's hope. We don't want to preach too much of a downer. I don't want you to feel so guilty when you look at your screen time. But there's hope. First Chronicles 29 and 18, as David in his later years, he's about to die. And the last message that he gives, he gives a message of hope for his son Solomon, who's a young and tender, practically a boy, a late teen, when he comes to the throne. Listen to what David says in First Chronicles 29 and 18. He says, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee and give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments thy testimonies and thy statutes and to do all these things and to build the palace for which I have made provision. You hear David he had a great hope for his son that his son would not fall into the things that the previous societies had fallen into. The previous cultures had listened to the information that was coming to them through the mediums and they had gone off in places they should never have gone And David says, Lord, please help my son to keep the imaginations of his heart and the thoughts of his heart focused on you. I mean, it's hard enough to keep focused on the Lord in a day and time when so much negative information is coming at us. And so much is coming at us that we don't even realize how bad it is. It almost makes you feel hopeless. Child of God, there's always hope. And I tell you, I came back to this verse of scripture many, many times in my life when I was struggling with my thoughts and trying to figure out what to do and how to act. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 5, he says, casting down imaginations. What are we talking about? We're talking about the thought processes of God's people. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You say, I, I've looked at things too long. The medium has affected me too long. The, the What I get from the medium that I have, whether it's a phone or an iPad or a 70-inch TV, whatever it may be, it's just been affecting me too long. The Twitter feed, you know, the Instagram, I've just been doing it for too long. Let me tell you, child of grace, that there is another medium. There's another thing that is channeled to you as a child of God. It's called the Spirit of God, and it will help you. It will help you cast down the imaginations that have brought you into captivity and bring it every thought into the obedience of Christ. Bring it into captivity. Listen, I used to think that this meant you never have another bad thought. That's impossible. I tried it. You can't help yourself from having bad thoughts from time to time. But what it says is I'm bringing those thoughts into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. It doesn't mean you'll never think about this again. Oh, listen, child of God, I've lain awake at nights many times and I've thought back in my life and I've thought back to the time when there was a spirit that had control of me. The spirit of music had control of me and wanting to write and to seen and to be popular in that area and it had control of me and I will think to myself how did I get to this where it has no control over me I am not bound by that spirit anymore it does not have an influence on me how did I get from there where every day that's all I thought about every day that's all I wanted to do every day I live to sit down and play 
that guitar and try to come up with another song and try to influence someone through that medium? Well, how did I go from being able to smile and say, praise God, I'm not caught by that prison anymore. I tell you, it's because of a verse like this right here where the imagination of my thoughts and the imagination of my heart was brought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. There's a better way to think. There's a better way to understand the world than through the medium of what I want or through the mediums that may be affecting me or coming to me. So I could lay there at night and I could think, how did I get from that prison to this day? Oh, by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. What medium and what message of the medium is holding you in a chokehold this day? Do you even know? If it's one of these little things here, it might be appropriate to look at your screen time. See how much time you spend doing this. Listen to me. Some of you older ones are saying, oh, that's not my problem. But some of you older ones may have a house where the television is never turned off. That hurt a little bit, didn't it? I've gone into people's homes to visit with them, to pray with them. I'll be sitting there looking at them. Yes, yes. And all I can hear is, and they don't even turn it down. I'm like, can we mute that? I've gone to people and prayed with them before in the hospitals. None of you, of course. And I'm trying to pray while the little squawk box by their head is still squawking something from the medium. And I just want to cover my hand over it. You know, let's get that out of the way. There's some people's houses where the TV is never turned off. Oh, y'all are quiet. Is that medium controlling how you think, how you act? McLuhan said that if that type of media or medium controls, then we're going to be like a global village where everything affects everything and terror and fear rules the day. It's okay that you don't know what's going on in China right now. It's okay that you don't know what's going on in Mississippi right now. In times gone by, they had no clue what was going on anywhere. It's okay. If you did walk out of here today and walk to the woods and cast out that medium into the woods and said, I'll never have another one again, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. You're going to continue to breathe. You're going to continue to live. It does not, should not control you. Can it be a handy tool that you can use? Yes, it is very handy for me. But Sister Tracy, I think, regrets the day that she bought me these little earbuds that don't cover up your ear You can wear them on the outside, and you can still hear what's going on. So every time she sees me wearing those things, she thinks, what you listen to? What you listen to? What you listen to? And, and, you know, truthfully, sometimes I am. (laughs) And then a lot of times I'm not. I just forget I've got them home. (laughs) That's how attached to them I am. (laughs) Brother Milan knows what I'm talking about. He's got some himself. (laughs) But they're so handy going down the road, you know, you know, hands free. You know, but I try to remember, take them off before I go inside because I don't want Sister Tracy thinking I'm listening to something else other than her. Because I've been listening to some other jibber-jabber all day long. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The Word of God is filled with bad reports. Did you know that? Where the medium, the media at that time, would present a bad report. The 12 spies, you remember? 10 of them came back with an evil report. The people, while Moses was up on the mount, you know, for 40 days, he's dead, he's dead. So what did they do? They made them a golden calf and began to get to the point to where they were going to sacrifice their kids again. What about the the Israelites when Goliath approached? All of the Israelite men, the, the mighty men of Israel were afraid of Goliath. We can't take him. And this little boy, this little, this just little fella comes along and says, I'll take him. I'll take him. Because the God that blessed me to kill the lion and the bear, I'll take this Philistine. That's a good message. That's a message of hope. And everybody said, oh, no, 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 no. You know, we're going to go with this majority message. We're not going to go with David's message. How'd that turn out? What about the three Hebrew children that went into the fire? 
They were in the minority, were they not? And yet their message today as a medium conveys to us, there is hope. There's even hope in the fire. You know why? Because we serve a God who is the master of the fire. What about Jesus Christ? The Pharisees said, he's a wine bibber. He's a drunk. He's a gluttonous man because he eats and he drinks and he enjoys fellowship with the people of God. He's a drunk. He's a gluttonous man. And he was our savior. (laughs) You see, back in 2020, on election day, I knew that was going to be a tough day from the political standpoint. I was very much afraid that our country would go in the direction of death rather than life. That's the terms that I put it in. Death or life. I felt like that was coming. So you know what I did? I planned a Bible study with somebody at lunch on election day on that Tuesday. So while all the stuff was coming in and the phone was beeping updates, 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 I'm sitting there at the table across from a brother in Christ and talking about Jesus Christ. Many, 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 many of God's children were sweating it out, worried about this, worried about that. Their whole mood was changed because of the result of what the media conveyed and because of the result of what happened that day. Many of God's children's entire demeanor and outlook changed in 2020 whenever the media begins to tell you, you know, shut it down, everybody's going to die and all this type of stuff. Let me tell you, child of God, the media, the medium should never be that which controls how the child of God thinks or acts. And I'm not just talking about the news, CNN or Fox. I'm talking about whatever it is that's coming at you through this little medium or through whatever medium you use. It should not dictate how we think or act. But in many cases, it does. Is the media the medium? Is it your master? Is it your Messiah? Is it a monarch to you? Or is it a monster? I tell you, child of God, it can be a monster. Free your mind from those things. Recognize what they do and what they don't do. And let me tell you about one final medium in the last couple minutes. 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. Let me tell you about one final, and maybe a little bit of a stretch, but listen to this medium that God intended to be for you in the New Testament age. 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. Let's read together. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The treasure that he's talking about there when he says we preach not ourselves. You have a treasure in the ministry. You have a treasure in the preaching of the gospel. It doesn't matter if it's me or Brother Luke or Brother Neil or Brother McNeil or Brother Chris or Brother Buddy or Brother John Morgan or some other brother. God has given you that as a medium to channel his message to you. You understand? It's light for the child of God. It's light for your life. It's understanding and it helps you put in perspective. He says we are trusting. Troubled on every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Oh, let me tell you, I want that kind of message coming to me. I want to listen to that kind of medium. I stand before you here today uh, confessing and as a testimony that it's the medium, it's the message of the Word of God and the men of God as the medium 
that I stand before you here today. It wasn't Twitter or it wasn't Instagram. It wasn't the World Wide Web. It wasn't radio. It, it wasn't print. It was a man of God standing up in the stand and telling me that I was a sinner and that God saved me by His grace and that I ought to be serving Him and following Him in a way that honors Him and thinking thoughts directed towards my Lord. Now that's the kind of medium that I want. That's the kind of message that I want the medium to convey to me. And if I have this thing or the television blaring on all day long and I don't take my time to meditate on the things of God, no wonder I'm in such a sour mood. I was in a very sour mood yesterday. You can ask Brother Asher. I've been working all week, working on a trial. The time Friday night rolled around, I was in one of those moods. I've seen Brother Harold Moss in one of those moods where you're just going, just like that. You don't even have to think about it. You just go out. And I'm not talking about Brother Harold during church, okay? I'm not talking about that. Anybody that ever does that during church always tells me, I was just praying for you, Brother Tim. <laughs> Pray on. That's fine. But I was in one of those moods where I could not stay awake. You ever been there? So tired and so worn out that you just, whoop, you're just gone. Good thing I wasn't driving at the time. So I, I got up the next morning. I wasn't in a very good mood. <laughs> tired and worn out and and throughout the day, I begin to think, why should I be in a bad mood? Why should I be cross with my words? Why should I not have an attitude of gratitude? Because, you know what? I'm not going to burn in the lake of fire. <laughs> That's a good thing. I'm not going to pay for my sins down in the lake of fire. Because the Lord suffered the lake of fire on the cross so that I don't have to. So I really don't have a right to be cross or ugly or down in the mouth or poor mouthing or whatever. I don't have a right to do that. When I'm getting the right medium channeling, the right message to me, it doesn't matter if I'm troubled or surrounded or persecuted or perplexed. It doesn't matter because I know that I've got the Lord on my side. And I don't want Hollywood to take that away from me. I don't want Twitter or Instagram or how many hits I have or don't have, how many followers I have or don't. I don't want that to take away from me the joy that I have in my Lord. But I'm going to tell you, child of God, the media, the medium will do that if you let it. God never intended us to exist in terms of a global village. As a child of God, he, had, he intended for us to exist as subjects in his kingdom. Honoring Him, obeying Him, and following Him. I hope this wasn't a flop. <laughs> Some ways I feel like I've flopped. But I'm going to tell you what, it's near and dear to my heart. And I'll leave you with this. There's a little boy, 10 or younger, comes to me and wants to show me his game. He's playing his game all the time. Playing it all the time. He, I want to show you this, Brother Tim. I want to show you this. Nobody here. Nobody here. Relax. Some of your parents are going, oh no, it's my child. No, it's nobody here. <laughs> I want to show you this game, Brother Tim. So he brings me, finally, I finally had a break and I could, okay, show me your game. So he shows me, the, here's my character in this game. I mean, I had to just look away. It's like a half-clothed, scantily clad woman, you know, warrior type, whatever. And my heart just fell. It just sank. And it's sad to think that a parent would be so non-involved with their child that they would allow them to get involved in something like that, that absolutely unequivocally without question will destroy that young man when he hits mid-teens and on and he begins to have changes in his body and he thinks about that he's going to think about that in quite a different way than he would when he's nine or ten years old it's a setup for total failure is that bringing a little too close to home let's don't set ourselves up for total failure let's be conscious of what we are digesting and ingesting 
from the mediums that are coming to us. I love you. And it, it kind of hurts me and pains me to have to preach a message like that. And it's not because anybody has prompted this for that I have seen here. I want you to know that. But it's from my own personal experience. And I think about my own weaknesses and how I need to keep control of myself. That's why I preach this. I think if it's burdening me, surely there's somebody here that it may be burdening or they may not even know that it should be burdening them. Then we preach a message like this and maybe hopefully it's to the glory of God and for the help of God's people. If there's one or more here that would like to follow the Lord, we give you that opportunity as we stand and sing.